Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. If you're looking for more, check out thejesuslab.com. The Jesus Lab is a nine-month facilitated encounter with the finished work of Christ, and applications are open now. Check it out at thejesuslab.com. So today we're starting a new series called The God of All Hope because, listen to me, I'll tell you what you need. You need hope. I'll tell you what the world needs. Hope. There's a lot of hopelessness. Hopelessness around illness, COVID, hopelessness around racial tension. Hopelessness is running abroad like loose, just running loose. And the church, I have not seen the church stand up and be a beacon of hope, but I'm about to. My job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job is not actually to minister to you. My job is to equip you so you can minister to others. And my goal today is to give you the tools you need so that you can be a beacon of hope for everyone around you. When you realize that he's the God of hope, something happens. And I'm going to give you some really practical things today and some really mystical things today. All right? We have mystical and practical on the menu. How about that? All right? So whichever way you're coming, you're going to get something. Amen? So it's good. But I actually, I say this often and I'm going to repeat myself on purpose because I have no intention of feeding you. I have every intention of teaching you how to eat. I don't feel fed at that church. Okay. You know, that's fine because, you know, usually most people eat more than once a week or once a day on Sundays, you know. So what our position is as leadership is to equip you, to teach you how to eat. And I also want to make you a little hungry for something you might not be hungry for right now. Okay. So that's what my purpose is today. Maybe that will help you receive the word because depending on how your, you know, framework is going – I might just like kick your worldview in the teeth and on accident, and I don't mean to do that. I want to help you. Say he wants to help. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him he wants to help. That guy there, he wants to help. Yeah, tell him. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I want to help you have true hope. True hope. Okay? And I want to give you the, the biblical definition of hope because many would say hope is just, you know, a wish and a hope or a wish and a prayer. It's wishful thinking. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's heavenly thinking. It's not wishful. It's heavenly. Let me just tell you where there is no hopelessness. Heaven. (laughs) Yeah, you just won't find any there. You know who's not hopeless? Jesus. You know who sees everything that's going wrong every single second of every single day? Jesus. You know who has zero hopelessness? Jesus. Are you following me? So let me give you a biblical definition of hope. Okay, this is extrapolated a little bit from the, the actual word hope and helps word studies. And this is where I've landed. I want as a, as a church leader, as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, let me boil it down for you. Are you ready? Biblical hope, and you should write this down, and you should put it on your mirror, and you should make it a mantra or something. Biblical hope is the cheerful expectation of good. It's the cheerful expectation of good. So it's going to be good. What's going to happen? I don't know, but it's going to be good. <laughs> what is God doing concerning this? I don't know, but something good. <laughs> it's going to be really good in the end. That's why I love that we sang that song. If it's not good, it's not over. You're not done yet speaking to the Lord. Right? If it's not good, it's not over. Amen. So hope is the cheerful expectation of good. It's not wishful thinking. It's heavenly thinking. And I, I want to anchor us in this one verse, Romans 15, 13. 
And this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, all right? And he says to the Roman church, may the God of hope, say God of hope. Did you know that all hope comes from God? <laughs> He's the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now listen, you need to be believing to be filled with all joy and peace. Right? It's not automatic. You know that there's like the Holy Spirit is locked up inside of unbelieving believers all over the place. Did you hear what I just said? There's a lot of promises locked away from unbelieving believers, believers who don't believe in certain things. All right? We have to be in the place of believing in order to experience all joy and peace. Are you with me? Yes? One of you. Are you with me? Okay. <laughs> Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say believing. It's important. Jesus said that the work of God is to believe in the Son whom he has sent. The only legal work in the kingdom of God is belief. Did you hear what I just said? The only legal thing you can do by way of working, works in the kingdom, is believing. You need to work on believing. You need to work on your beliefs. All peace and joy in believing. He's asking for God, who is the God of hope, to fill you with all joys all joy and peace in believing. So that, say so that, so for a reason. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. What does it look to abound? Okay. It certainly doesn't look li like you're limping by. Like, oh, I'm, gonna, oh, I'm just going to get my hopes up. And hope, hope for the best. Hope for the best. No, it's, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> it's abounding. I'm trying to give you a visual because this word is actually hyper-abound. It's super-abounding. It's not just like, you know, it's like, I've got hope. No, it's, I've got hope, bro. It is super-abounding hope. That's what God wants for you. What's God's will for my life? That, that you would super-abounding hope. That's what Paul said, and I'm praying it for you today. You're going to get an infusion of hope if you keep sitting in that chair. Watch out. So here we go. I'm going to give you two paths, all right? There are two paths to true hope. Are you ready? You need to write this down. Two paths to cheer, true hope. Again, true hope being the cheerful expectation of good. We have them for you on the screen. Number one out of the two paths is divine encounter. Number one. Number two is rejoicing in trials and suffering. Those are the only two paths to true hope. And you get, depending on where you're at in life, you get to kind of choose. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I heard that laughter. It's good. These are the two paths. We're going to talk about those two paths today, okay? Very simply, Abram, father of faith, you know, father Abraham, you know that guy? Father Abraham had many sons. Come on, help me. Many Father Abraham, I am. And so, so let's just praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> don't worry. If you don't know that song, it just means you didn't grow up in the indoctrination center that is the church with felt boards. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't have the felt board childhood, you might not know that song, but that's okay. It's okay. It's, you're not less than. I don't want anyone to feel alienated for not knowing that song. But we know Father Abraham. Hopefully you've heard of Abraham. 
Abraham is known as the father of faith because he was the first to believe God and be counted righteous because of his belief. Listen to me. Jesus hadn't even come yet, and Abraham received righteousness. How? By believing what God said. And now that Christ has come, we are to believe in the son whom he has sent. That is where our belief is to go so that we can receive righteousness. Are you with me? Be very clear. It's not just believing that gets you righteousness. It's believing in God and what God is doing and what God has done. And for us, it's believing that Christ has come. But he was a forerunner. And he showed us what faith looked like. And there, he, because of that, he had a crazy amount of hope. We're going to read in a minute where it talks about he hoped in believing against hope in the face of hopelessness. How? He had a divine encounter. Let me read it to you. This is Genesis 12. And actually, before I do, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, biblical context because Abram, before he was Abraham, he, his name was Abram, God added the ha, 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 ha into Abram. He added the ha. Yeah, some of you are getting the joke. He was the father of many nations because of the ha that God put in him. <laughs> Abraham, right? Abram became Abraham later. But before that, he was the son of an idol maker. Did you know this? Abram's dad made idols. They worshipped idols from the, the land of the Chaldeans, the, in the land of Ur, the sons of Ur. I can't I'm mixing them up. But in the foreign land and foreign gods, that's where Abram grew up. All right? Abram was not a follower of Yahweh. He was not. He was a Gentile dude whose dad made idols. Okay? Some scholars assert that that's why Abram was so rich. He took the nest egg from dad from making idols. Have you ever heard the verse that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous? You ever heard that one? Yeah, kind of like that. Okay? So dad was an idol maker. His name was Terah. Terah. I don't know how to say it. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I'm doing my best. And he was simply uh, hanging out one day after his dad died, and God showed up in Genesis 12. There's no, Abram didn't seek God, you understand? Abram didn't look for the, he's like, this is wrong, worshiping foreign gods, that's wrong. Let's, let's find the one true God. No, 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 none of that happened. God just showed up. Let me just give you a, a good news news flash. You need some good news? You ready for some good news? Here's some good news. You don't pursue God. You respond to his pursuit of you. You don't pursue God. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous to me, the idea that we initiate anything with God, the creator of all. You don't initiate with God. You only love because he first loved you. You're only responding to his faithfulness. Any amount of faith you have is a response to his faithfulness. You don't pursue God. I understand the disciplines of reading your Bible and all stuff. I do all those things. I, I pray. I fast when God says and no other time, you know, because I'm afraid of disappearing, you know. So there's that. <laughs> I'm not saying there's bad biblical habits, all right? I'm saying our pursuit of God is only a response to his pursuit of us. That's a good word. <laughs> That's the only thing it is. Lest you take the credit. I pursued God, and this happened. What? Some glory and honor and praise goes to him, and some glory and honor and praise goes to... No, I don't think so. <laughs> all glory, all honor, all praise be unto him. Amen. This is Abram being pursued by God. God just showed up, got in his face. Are you ready for this? This is the first encounter Abram had. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, 
just like nonchalantly in your Bible. Now the Lord said. Now the Lord showed up in the space of this son of an idol maker who worshiped foreign gods. That's what that should say. That's just my opinion. It should be in italics. It would help. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you, make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. First conversation. <laughs> you know, like, it's like first date, things you don't mention. Yeah, <laughs> all of that. And then so, leave this place you know. Go to a place, I'll show you where, just start going, and I'll show you where eventually. Trust me, you don't know who I am, but you're going to. I'm going to, by the way, make you a great nation. All, did you hear that? All the families of the earth shall be blessed in you. All the families of the earth. What a wild first conversation. <laughs> a Gentile heathen, okay? Son of an idol maker. Had this encounter with God. I love this uh, commentary from Brian Simmons on this moment here. And I just wrote it down because it's so good. I just want to read this to you. This is what Dr. Brian Simmons says about this moment. Abram had no burning bush to inspire him. No tablets of stone to guide him. And no Ark of the Covenant as a centerpiece for worship. Neither did Abram have a temple to worship in, a Bible to read, nor a priest to counsel him. Nor did Abram have a pastor to pray for him, nor a prophet to prophesy to him. But Abram had a divine encounter. His, his divine encounter is what gave him true hope. It was the in-birthing moment of his true hope. I've come this morning, this morning to curse your hopelessness. I have come to curse your hopelessness. Any hopelessness you're carrying, I curse it. Command it to die. Some of you are like, do I say amen? I don't know. <laughs> You say amen to this. Let me help you. I curse all hopelessness in your life. Be gone. Just feels good. Feels lighter in the room. There's something powerful when we believe we have authority. <laughs> and I just believe I have authority over your hopelessness. Call me crazy. But you can only give what you have. And I'll tell you what I don't have. Hopelessness. I have a problem with hopelessness. I have a problem being hopeless. Like, please don't feel shame or condemnation in this. I'm telling you my existence, okay? I don't know exactly why, but I can't turn that thing on, okay? And it's hard even for me to be around hopeless people. And I have to work at it. And it's an act of love that I actually intentionally walk into hopeless people's lives and help them out of it because it's just aggravating. I have no grid. And I can tell you, it's not from my obedience. It's not from reading the Bible. It's not from having a bunch of prophets prophesy over me. It's the same reason Abram had hopefulness. It's because I've had a whole bunch of divine encounters. 
I've had some crazy stuff. Any of you ever encountered God in a way that you don't really want to tell your closest friends about? Yeah, me too, all right? I certainly won't say it with this microphone. Not today, probably not ever, some things that have happened, okay? And I say a lot, so some of you know about some of it, and there are things you will never know about, unless the Lord says, talk about it. I've had some wildly divine encounters with God, and they have birthed in me hope. I never, had that, I never put that together until this week when God showed me this, that Abram was able to hope in the face of all hopelessness because of his encounter in Genesis 12. Because this is what it says in Romans 4, speaking of Abraham. It says, for the promise, uh, Romans 4, 13 through 18, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world and did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, right? He's talking about it didn't come through him knowing anything or walking in anything. It came through faith in the word that God spoke to him. And righteousness was the result. That's what it's talking about here. Are you hearing me? Like you can't work your hope up, okay? It, it, you receive it. Are you with me? Okay. It did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is, if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. This, that is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, talking of the Jews, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham. <laughs> did you hear that? I want somebody to connect a dot this morning. Like, did you hear that? The promise is also to those who have the faith of Abraham. If he is father Abraham, amen. If that's who this is for you, if he's the father of faith, it, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed in you. Are you hearing me? You might have to work on believing these things, but that's legal. It's okay. Are you with me? Okay. Oh, my goodness. Not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham. Say, that's me. Say it. You say it over yourself. Say, that's me. That's me. Who is the father of us all, right? As it is written, Father Abraham. No, that's not what it says. I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, he gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, this is the phrase that has like kind of been so weird for me. In hope, he believed against hope. It's a strange phrase. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. I'm going to read you a few other. They're not on the screen, but the tra different translations of that verse. It says, NIV says, against all hope. Abraham in hope believed. New Living says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Come on. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. New King James Version says, in, who, in contrary to hope, in hope believed. <laughs> he believed hoping against hope, Christian Standard says. Powerful. New Heart English Bible, one more, says, who hoped in spite of hopeless circumstances. Sound relevant? <laughs> I agree. Hope when all is hopeless is the kind of hope the church needs in this hour. We need to rise up and be a beacon of hope. If not the church, then who? If not you, then who? 
If not us, if not now, then when? And I know it might look like it has a lack of empathy. I've been accused of that recently, having a lack of empathy. I'm like, no, that's just an extreme amount of hope you're hearing. I do empathize, but I refuse to panic. I refuse to despair. I refuse to agree with hopelessness. The reason Abraham was able to have this kind of hope was not a teaching, an act of obedience, or an understanding. It was an undeserved divine encounter with God. Come on, that's such good news. That means you don't need to do anything. God wants to give you hope <laughs> through an encounter today, right now, in Jesus' name. God showed me this week something powerful. Are you ready for this? God showed me this week that without divine encounters, we need trials. God showed me this week that without divine encounters with God, which are the key to true hope, we need trials because that's the other path. Without encounters, we need trials to hope against hope. Because of our encounters with God, though, if we have these encounters and because of them, we're able to hope in any hopeless situation, in any trial. Are you with me? So Abram had a divine encounter. Say divine encounter. That's one path to hope. Here's the other path to hope. Rejoicing in suffering. This is what Paul said. Okay? Paul said in Romans 5, 1 through 5, speaking of Abraham in this uh, passage, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just announce to you that that's available today. If you've never been justified by faith, if you've never said you believe, if you've never confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, today's your day. That's how simple it is. And when you, are, when you believe that, that's it. When you believe that, you have peace with God. If, you don't, if you're not sure whether you have peace with God or not, don't leave today without coming down, talking to one of our prayer team members, and saying, I want peace with God. It's, it's available. Amen? Amen. Anyone have peace with God in here? Like, I like hanging out with God. I like it. It's fun. I'm not afraid of God. I tremble in his presence, but I'm not afraid. He messes me up all sorts of different ways, but I like it. Are you with me? I, God is my best friend. He is. Like Enoch. I hope one day to walk with God and be no more. I just, one of these days, the microphone's going to drop and I'm going to disappear and I'm just going to go right into the cloud. Right into the cloud. Some of you need a, a perspective shift. Some of you are loving your life too much. Sorry, this is going to be maybe a hard word for some of you, but you know how you overcome? The blood of the lamb, the word of his testimony, and everybody loves to leave this part off. Everybody loves to stop quoting the verse at that point. And not loving your life unto death. <laughs> for me... It's just for me. You can do this too. For me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. I'm not masochistic. I'm not trying to die. I'm not like, I'm not into that. You know what I mean? But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> what, what? You have nothing on me. Like the devil's got nothing on me. All I can do is kill my body and do me a favor. I feel kind of trapped in here most days anyway. You know what I'm saying? Are you okay? Like, I know this is kind of weird. 
I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you go like, you know, martyr by suicide or any of that stuff. Like run into a dangerous village and like, I want to be with the Lord. And, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we need to change our perspective. If we hope in this life only, we are the most to be pitied, Paul said. I have an eternal mindset. This is a passing moment. And those things I experience on this side of the veil are going to get even more real forever. And I'm into that. I like it. If I'm present in the body, Paul said, it's for you. If I'm absent from the body, it's really for Paul. You know. So he's like, I'm torn between the two. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but somebody needs to maybe change. This might break fear off of you. If you just not love your life unto death, just, just live your life unto the Lord. Live your life for the Lord, but don't love your life unto death. All you can do is send me, graduate me into the cloud. And I'll hang out with David and Mo and Abraham and all the guys. And Deborah and Phoebe and Potini and all the ladies. Amen? If you don't know those other names, you should look them up. All right. It's like, leave me alone. That's me talking to the Lord. I'm like, do you just want me to stop? I don't know. Like, sorry. Y'all get my process out loud because that's the only way I know how to have it. I'm an external processor, and it happens while I preach. So. <laughs> Justified. Thank you, Lord. Justified. I couldn't, I couldn't see my iPad, and that word just jumped out. Okay. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. That's good news. That's what it means to be justified by faith. That's why we have peace with God. It's just as if I had never sinned. I'm justified by faith. Come on. That's so good. Have I sinned? Yeah, but it's just as if I hadn't. In the sight of God, and he sees things correctly. He doesn't need contact lenses or an adjustment. You do. <laughs> Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access. Say access. access. By faith. Access by faith into this grace in which we stand. You know, Jesus is the only legal access point into this spirit realm. <laughs> Everyone else goes over the fence. You're actually invited through the gate. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I had an encounter this week where I went through the gate. I can't tell you anything else about it, but I went through that gate. And it was all light. And I saw some stuff. And it inbirthed hope in me. Okay. Cannot talk about it publicly yet in Jesus' name. We have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope. Say rejoice. Rejoice means have joy again, by the way. Rejoicing in hope means because of my hope, I'm going to have joy again, and joy is a choice. You're suffering. You need to respond to your suffering with ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. Ho, ho, ho. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Even the ways that feel fake. Always. <laughs> we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that. Say not only that. Thank you, Lord. 
Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Come on, somebody. This is the second path to hope, rejoicing in suffering. Listen to me. It's not having suffering that leads you to hope. It's rejoicing in your suffering. Big difference. We, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. Again, rejoicing in our suffering produces endurance. Are you with me? Not just people, people suffer and die, right? They don't, endurance is not produced. What's the difference? They didn't rejoice in their suffering. Important. Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this is so important. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Say amen. So here's the deal. If you are in a trial, if you're in a moment of suffering, it's time to rejoice. If you're not in a trial, here's your path to hope. Seek an encounter with God. You're like, wait a minute. You said earlier, we don't pursue God. He pursues us. Won't it just happen? He's actually commanded you to seek him. Seek the Lord while he might be found. He's actually a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. He will reward you for seeking. I don't want reward. I just want Jesus. Jesus is the reward, by the way. <laughs> it's like, you want reward. You don't want yours, I'll take it. Okay? I'll take it. This false humility thing has got to go. So if you're in a trial today, we don't want to be like, pass over that. If There are many who are suffering today, all right? People in our church who have lost loved ones to COVID-19, okay? That's suffering. And they're called to rejoice in their sufferings. And that might be you. You might be in a trial. You might be going through a really hard thing. This is the path to hope. If you want true hope, your next step is rejoicing. You're like, what that feels fake. I don't care what it feels like. It's called obedience. Obedience often feels weird and wrong and off and not like fun, you know? Yeah. And if you're not in a trial right now, hallelujah, you're going to be in one soon. Most grace guys don't talk about this, but, you know, we all love the promises of God. Amen? Let's lay hold of the promises. Amen? Amen? Do you want to see the promises of God fulfilled in your life? Yes? Some of you are like, this feels like a trick question. <laughs> it is. But do you want the promises of God? He promised suffering. He promised persecution. He promised trouble. Do you want the promises of God? I know, you're like, I used to. <laughs> yes, you do. Because if you rejoice in those trials, hope is coming. Endurance, character, hope is on the other side. You need it. And without encounter, if you refuse encounter, because there's an argument in the church, we need good teaching, we only need teaching, we have the Bible, we don't need the encounter of the Holy Spirit. And then there's others who say, we just need the Holy Spirit. They didn't even have the Bible back then, they had the Holy Spirit and the church blossomed. We just need that. It's not either or, it's both and. We need both. Because if you're in, not in a trial right now, you need that encounter so that you can rejoice in the suffering you process. And then it'll lead to more hope. There's hope on every side. You're surrounded by hope. Such a good word. I'm running out of time. But the last thing I have to mention is that hope is our anchor. It's our anchor. I'll, um, 
you don't have to go through the slide because this is, I'm going to jump to the end. Don't worry about it, Jamie. But out of Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, somewhere near 20, it says, we have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. We have this strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. What if you believe that? It's the same hope Abraham had. This is, Hebrews 6 is in reference to Abraham. And it says, our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold, and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone before us. I just got a picture of that. Hallelujah. I was, I was thinking all week like anchor beneath. It's an anchor that goes up. You're anchored in the mercy seat, which is in heavenly places. And it, it makes you steadfast and strong, but it's not down, it's up. It's an anchor that shoots straight up into heaven and grabs the mercy seat. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, the only way, I, I, I understood that the only way to stay anchored in God is to get our hopes up. The only way to stay anchored in God is to have a high hope level. The only way to have high hopes is to stay anchored in God. We need to get our hopes way up. The world says don't get your hopes up. I'm saying get your hopes higher than you can even, like just, just, just like way up. Why? Because back to Romans 5 verse 5, it says hope does not Put us to shame. Listen, here's what you'll never say on your deathbed. I wish I was a little more hopeless during my life on earth. I regret being so hopeful about that. I regret having hope. You know what God will never rebuke you for? You're just being a little too hopeful down there. You need to stop it. Never going to happen. Right? Come on. You'll never regret walking with hope. You will never regret it. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. I remind you that biblical hope is the cheerful expectation of good. Many people have said, and I don't know who to attribute it to, but many people have said, he who has the, the most hope has the most influence. So you might think the news has the most influence, not compared to someone filled with hope. Cheerful expectation of good. Do you want it? Yeah? yeah? I know. You're like, wait a minute. Wait, I'm not in a trial. I want it. How's it work? Encounters. Divine encounter. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. If you're looking for more, check out thejesuslab.com. The Jesus Lab is a nine-month facilitated encounter with the finished work of Christ, and applications are open now. Check it out at thejesuslab.com.